Welcome to Thinks Out Loud, your source for all the digital expertise your business needs. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Thinks Out Loud, your source for all the digital expertise your business needs. And oh my gosh, my name is Tim Peter. I think we have a really cool show for you. I really appreciate you tuning in. But my goodness, uh, this show is being recorded late this week. This is probably the fastest we will ever get an episode out. Um, we're releasing on a Wednesday. We try to release on a Tuesday. Uh, but this was recorded Wednesday morning and will be released Wednesday morning <laughs> because there's a lot going on that really blew up the initial plans we'd had for this week's show. Uh, so anyway, I don't know if you've heard, there's a lot going on with generative AI. I've been talking about this. I talked about it last week uh, when I asked, will GP chat GPT take your job? I've asked about this, will chat GPT kill Google? And some folks have certainly said that it will. And I don't know that it will. But if this is, in fact, the end of Google, this is how it ends. And I want to explain what I mean by that. And more importantly, I want to explain why that matters to you, why that matters to your business, why that matters to your business's future. Nothing we're going to talk about today has all that much to do with technology and it has a lot to do with the future of your business. So let's dive into some background and just get everybody up to speed on what's been happening. As I've talked about here on the show before, Microsoft has invested heavily in ChatGPT, which is a generative AI technology, an AI that can theoretically generate text and images and things along those lines. ChatGPT is focused on text, but generative AI more broadly can focus on, you know, other kinds of creative materials. Um, Microsoft has invested very heavily in the creator of ChatGPT, company called, or a group called OpenAI. And they incorporated it yesterday into something that they are calling the new Bing. They literally just showed this off yesterday. They made it available yesterday. They also plan to give companies the ability to build on its capabilities for themselves. Now, Google is not resigned to a fate where it gets shoved aside. They've also invested heavily in developing their own large language models, which are these machine learning algorithms that underlie these new technologies. They literally just uh, previewed a competitor called BARD uh, today, which is built on their Lambda large language model, and showed all of the different ways that they are incorporating AI into search. They want to be very clear that Microsoft isn't the only company that can incorporate AI into search. So this is something where we're seeing competition in search. We're going to see competition in search. 
in a way that we haven't in a very, very, very long time. Microsoft has been explicit about this. Um, he said, uh, Satya Nadella, the CEO, in an interview with the Wall Street Journal yesterday said, the last time I checked, search was the most profitable category there is on planet Earth. So all I need is a few more users and someone else I am competing with has to keep all of their gross, all of their users and all of their gross margin. I'm looking forward to that. That is as big a shot across Apple's bow as I've seen in a long time. As Satya Nadella implies there, Google makes most of its money from ads. And I don't know if you've checked out their recent earnings, and I'll have a full update on the, the AgFam, the, the big tech company's earnings in the next week or so. But overall, Google's earnings weren't great. Microsoft doesn't have that same problem. They don't need to make as much money on ads as Google does. Yes, they have ad revenue from Bing, and yes, they have ad revenue from LinkedIn. But each of those are a piece of a piece of their overall revenue and earnings. Their value prop here is intriguing in the least. This also has broad implications for Facebook and Amazon and uh, Apple. They all are going to be feeling pressure here. I've thought for a while that Amazon is going to launch its own search engine. I think the launch of the new Bing and Google incorporating Bard, its, its AI tool, into its search makes this more likely if for no other reason than they want access to data. I'd argue that it's becoming darned near existential for these companies if they're going to remain relevant. I also don't know if Google will win or if Microsoft will win or if Apple will win or if Amazon will win. I don't think anyone can predict that at the moment. Remember, we're talking about a tool that has upended the established order to at least some degree. And it's a tool that whose you know, lifespan we can still measure in weeks. This was released at the end of November of 2022. This is not you know, a mature product or a mature category. So there's going to be a lot of change, and that's interesting. So I don't know if this is how Google ends, but if they stumble, if this is the way, if this is what comes to pass, this is the way that Google ends because they need not search to be the best, but they need to keep customers coming to them, right? Their customers can switch easily. And if they can't monetize that traffic, that's a huge problem for them. One thing I do want to point out is that no matter who wins, I'm still talking about the AgFam, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft. I'm still talking about big tech. Developing these approaches takes immense capital and especially access to massive volumes of data. Yes, Microsoft is going to make it available to 
third parties. Google announced today that they are going to make their AI available to third parties. We're seeing lots of evidence that AI is dramatically improving the productivity of software programmers. For instance, there's a, a ARK Invest has their 2023 Big Ideas report, and they're showing that that's what we're seeing, and it's getting cheaper. Again, ARK Invest sees the cost of developing AI falling by 70% annually through 2030. That said, today, it's still expensive. Even at a 70% decline annually, you're looking at a relative cost per unit of $40,000 in 2024 and about $12,000 in 2025. So it gets affordable for many enterprises relatively quickly, but not affordable enough for everybody. Availability of developers will also incur costs and time to market. And just as I'd mentioned last week when I talked about why AI probably won't take your job, ARK Invest also calls out the challenge of acquiring quality training data. Data is going to be a gating factor for people who use these technologies, who try to build on these technologies for a time to come. What this suggests to me is that at least for the next couple of years, chat GPT level capabilities will remain concentrated among the biggest players. You know, OpenAI started as a research project backed by LinkedIn co-founder Reid Hoffman, PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, Infosys, the IT services giant, and as I've mentioned, Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so as much as we love the proverbial story of two kids in a garage who come in and overturn entrenched market leaders, at the moment, the threat is coming from inside the house. We're trading one big tech player, potentially, for another big tech player. If this is how Google ends, Someone who looks just like them is stepping into their place. And this is where I want to bring it back to you and why it matters to your business. Because as we know, gatekeepers gonna gate. That's what they do. An AI-based search engine might be worse for your business. Think about how Google makes money today. They make money based on ads that appear in search results that you pay for every time somebody clicks. Now, those clicks generate lots of revenue for lots of people, not just for Google, but for all of the businesses who are paying for those clicks. And one of the things that I'm concerned about, that the changes that tools like the new Bing introduce is that customers may increasingly get answers to their questions without needing to click. They might not need to come to your site or download your app in the same ways that they do today. Again, Google makes a lot of its money on those clicks. Microsoft said, Satya Nadella said out loud, he doesn't need to steal all of that. He just needs to steal enough to hurt them. And I can easily see a future 
where we're paying to place ads alongside generated answers, and I'm putting answers on in air quotes here, on AI-powered search engines, instead of being the source of the answer as we are today, and only getting clicks, only getting traffic, only getting business, if we can demonstrate value in addition to the answer. We've been using the answer to pull people towards us. We've been using content to provide the answer to pull people towards us. And if they're getting the answer without having to come to us, it makes it harder to acquire traffic. At any rate, it increasingly looks to me that we're certainly looking at the end of Google as we know it. We're looking at the end of search as we know it. Search is going to turn into a very, very different category real quick, I suspect. Now, I have said many times on the show, and I would re be remiss if I didn't say it right now, the old Bill Gates quote that we always overestimate the change in the next two years and underestimate the change in the next 10. So this might take two years or three years to play itself out. What I can say is we're seeing more innovation in search in the last week, in the last 48 hours, than I think we've seen in the last 48 weeks. <laughs> so we may be, you know, the problem with that, that quote of we always overestimate the change we see in the next two years is Two years from when, when do you start the clock? It's entirely possible two years started, you know, one year and 11 months ago, <laughs> right? So we might be seeing some pretty significant change here relatively quickly, but it may take a year or two to play out. Now, here's the question I have for you. Does it matter to your business who wins? Does it matter to your business if Google or Bing or Amazon or someone else altogether wins, especially if they're increasing the roadblocks and tolls between you and your customer? You bet it does. Does it matter if the customer experience we've known for years ceases to exist? Absolutely. And that's the point I want to bring you towards as we have this discussion. A few years ago, uh, August of 2020, I did an episode about how to run your business as if Google didn't exist. And we may be reaching that reality sooner rather than later. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Google's going to trip and fall and be out of business in a year's time. I'm saying that if you depend upon them for a significant source of your traffic and a significant source of your revenue, you may be in a world where they're providing less of that over time than they have. That's going to change the way you do your marketing. That's going to change the way you reach your customers. So how do you run your business as if Google didn't exist? Well, I think you need to start thinking about it that way. Because even if this isn't the end of Google as we know them, can you afford to take the risk? Aren't you better off being ready no matter which way this goes down? I would argue very much yes. 
Because here's the thing. If they win or they lose, if search changes dramatically or it doesn't, you still benefit. Because the way you run your business, if Google doesn't exist, is to look at how to connect with customers directly more effectively. My friend Mark Schaefer has a new book called Belonging to the Brand that's incredibly worth reading that speaks about this in a lot of detail. I have a book on how you compete against big tech that's coming out in a couple months too and speaks kind of to the same idea. What we both have in common is recognition of the fact that you must build direct connections with your customers. Why do they care about you? What do you offer that's distinctly different and meaningful in their lives? How are you connecting with them beyond search? Are you connecting with them via email or text or emerging social networks like Discord or in person in a way that they appreciate, that they appreciate and that they enjoy? Do you provide them with a customer experience that they want to share with their friends and their family and their fans and their followers? Do they want to participate in the creation and curation of a positive brand story on your behalf? That's where you need to be thinking. That's how you need to think about your relationship with your customers as well as your relationship with big tech. Because if you're dependent upon a gatekeeper, no matter who it is, you're allowing them to control your access to customers. Whether this is the end of Google or not, it's past time to think about the start of something new. A deeper, more meaningful connection with your customers that doesn't depend on gatekeepers that reduces the role those gatekeepers play for your brand and your business. Don't worry about whether ChatGPT or the new Bing or Bard or something else altogether brings about the end of Google. I'd flip this whole idea on its head instead and make the end of Google not something you fear, but instead a goal you actively pursue. Now, looking at the clock on the wall, we are out of time for this week. I want to remind you that you can find the show notes for today's episode, as well as an archive of all past episodes, by going to timpeter.com podcasts. Again, that's timpeter.com podcasts. Just look for episode 372. Don't forget that you can click on the subscribe link in any of the episodes you find there to have Thinks Out Loud delivered to your favorite podcatcher every single week. You can also find Thinks Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Overcast, anywhere fine podcasts are found. While you're there, I would also very much appreciate it if you could provide a positive rating or review for the show. Ratings and reviews help new listeners find the podcast. Ratings and reviews help new listeners understand what the show is all about. They help get the word out. They help grow our community. And it means the world to me. I really appreciate you helping to make Things Out Loud a better place for everyone involved. 
And thank you so much for that. You can also find Thinks Out Loud on LinkedIn by going to linkedin.com slash timpeterassociates. You can find me on Twitter using the Twitter handle at tcpeter. And as always, you can email me at podcast at timpeter.com. Again, that's podcast at timpeter.com. Finally, I want to say one last time how much I appreciate you tuning into the show every single week. I wouldn't do this show without you. I don't do this to talk to myself. I don't do this to hear myself talk. I do this so that we can have a conversation and build this community together. It means the world to me when you listen and you comment and you send emails and you reach out to me on social and we keep the dialogue going. So please keep the emails coming, keep pinging me on LinkedIn, keep pinging me on Twitter. I just love chatting with y'all about this stuff all the time. So with all that said, I hope you have a fantastic rest of this week. I hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead. And I will look forward to speaking with you here on Thinks Out Loud next time. Until then, please be well, be safe, and as always, take care, everybody. Thank you.